Well, hello everybody. My name's Tom Starkey. I am here on the Late Show here at Teachers Talk Radio. What I wanted is I wanted like some calm, kind of, you know, just trying to be a bit meditative, getting ready for Monday. I know that sometimes it can be very difficult. Uh, sometimes people suffer from anxiety about the start of the working week. We're almost there. So I thought, you know, we'll just keep it calm and melodic and try and do kind of like a hi, everybody. And then this comes in. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Sounds like the Avengers. Sounds like we're all going to be up there chucking shields about and stuff. So apologies for that. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Tom. Um, so this is the first time I've been hosting on something uh, like this on air uh, for Teachers Talk Radio. Thank you very much for the rest of the um, presenters today and the hosts today. It's been some really, really interesting stuff going on. Um, so yeah, that's where, uh, this is where it all goes downhill. I'm afraid guys, you know, we've had a uh, real kind of insightful questions. We've had fantastic discussion. So I'm afraid now you're stuck with me for an hour and a half, basically just saying anything that I want. <laughs> no, not really. There is a plan. Uh, one of the plans is that um, along with trying to be as calm as possible, um, uh, Seb, who was doing the technical stuff with me yesterday, he uh, made the killer, killer mistake of pointing out that we've got audio effects here, um, which is... Uh... <laughs> now, today's session, today's session, what am I on about? Today's program is going to be about uh, technology, so it is. it would be amiss of me not to try some of these things out. I'm going to press on one of these, and you're going to tell me what you think it is. What's it? What do you reckon this one is? That's not... You see, that's pretty good, that. That's pretty good. That's that's fairly self-explanatory. That's a crow. That's a crow. I, you know, I'm with I'm with them on that one. The audio effect's absolutely great. What about this one though? Okay, as a as um, a lot of the listeners out there are teachers, you know, so you should be able. Apparently, you've gone into the label. You should be able to tell me what this is. Do you know what that what this means? No, me neither. Apparently, according to the label here, it says correct. That sounds like my Nokia dying that's that, that doesn't sound to me like a tick or anything like that but anyway we'll get uh, we'll try a couple of those audio effects a bit later on because apparently i have to do you know things like actually talk and sound like i know what i'm on about so yeah thank you to the rest of the hosts for today's program it's really insightful um uh, i guess i should start a little bit about myself um uh, uh, so yeah um straight off the bat not a teacher so in this case it's a, a not teacher talk show uh, because i have a history in teaching i was a teacher in secondary and further education for 20 years but i have transitioned to higher education and i am now um, a very coolly titled assistive technology advisor um, now what that means is that i uh, look um, i look at ways to help students um, with their academic studies and I try and find them little tips, little tools that will help them uh, try and just fulfill the potential that they already have. So anyway, a um, little bit of personal history. Yeah, I've worked in secondary. I have worked in further education. I've worked in higher education. I've worked in alternative provision. I've worked in 
Prus um, have basically been this kind of wandering hobo of education. So um, hopefully there's something that's going to be in this show that's going to be uh, useful for everybody out there, no matter what the sector and no matter what your job role. If you feel like you would like to call in or you'd like to leave a message here on the board, you are more than welcome. Uh, it would be great to get people's input out there because I don't know if you know about the way that they do things here. I'm just basically looking at a screen and um, and I'm kind of it's you, you, it's like you're in a room and you're talking, but you're not 100 percent sure anybody is listening and you're definitely not 100 percent sure that anybody is interested. But anyway, speaking of teaching, <laughs> ah, you see, that's another sound effect there. That's a laugh that way. Yeah. Um, so speaking of teaching, what I thought might be useful for us is um, because I am advised in, because I am a technology advisor, I thought it might be nice to do a couple of quick things that I have uh, discovered or things that I found useful in my own job in higher education. Uh, and uh, I pass them on. So uh, this could be uh, this could be a regular bit. This hang on, there must be an effect for this. Surely, regular bit. That's not a creepy laugh. Oh, hang on, this sounds good. Right, drunken trumpet, drunken trumpet fanfare for uh, Tom's top tips. Tom's top tech tips. Oh my gosh, it's coming together, isn't it? It's all coming together. So um, just a couple of things. I work in technology education. So. Uh, Office 365, absolutely huge in education at the moment, even more so after the transition to hybrid learning, remote learning, when the pandemic kicked off. And even now, a lot of us are working in very different ways that we did before the pandemic hit. Um, so uh, a little tip on Office 365 in Word on the online version. Did you know that you uh, can dictate into the program so you don't have to write into the program you don't have to use a keyboard if like me your keyboard speed is absolutely atrocious and your speaking speed is absolutely rapid uh, then there is an app for that in office 365 free to use but and here's the uh, here's the uh, the this is where we take it a step further this is where we take this is where you impress uh, your fellow members of staff on Monday morning and say, did you know that this can do this? Um, of course, if you speak like that, but if you do, I don't suppose anybody will be listening anyway because you sound really smug. But anyway, um, what we've got is uh, Office 365 Word not only has a dictation feature, but it also has a transcription feature. So what that means is, is that you can uh, upload uh, a sound file, an MP3, or even a video file, and it strips the sound file from that MP3, and it will use uh, speech recognition technology, and it will make a transcript of a speech, a, number, uh, a part of a speech or a part of a video, the audio of a video. Really handy where I work. We have many, many different students, um, and I work with lots of students who have disabilities. Um, uh, so, for instance, we have lots of students who are really, um, really struggle to take down notes uh, in a more traditional sense. So um, being able to record somebody speaking in the lecture and then being able to just put it into Office 365, press the transcript button, which is on a drop-down menu. If you go to Office 365, you press dictate, and then the drop-down menu next to the dictate button is transcribe, and you'll be able to upload a sound file, and you can have it written out for you. It's an instant transcriber. You know, same as anything with it to come to these kind of things. 
I know I'm talking about technology today, but I'm not one of those people who will think, you know, technology will solve everything. I'm not one of those, uh, you know, that kind of like really, really, you know, Google will have all the answers to all the questions that nobody will ever ask and so on and so forth, all that nonsense. I'm kind of a pragmatist when it comes to technology. Um, dictation software and dictation apps nowadays so much more um, accurate than they were perhaps 10, 10 years ago when you had to sit in front of uh, Dragon Naturally Speaking, which was the big one, um, and he had to talk about foxes jumping over fences endlessly or read it a book. Um, I, haven't got time to, I haven't got time to read my kids a book, let alone talk to a computer uh, about Alice in Wonderland. Anyway, um, it's come on so much, so much uh, in the last 10 years, but it's not 100% accurate. And people worry about how accurate it is. Um, I have seen students use it to record lectures, seminars, interviews, uh, lots of people speaking, different conversations, so on and so forth. And it's coming out about 85, 90, 90% correct a lot of the time. It's really, really impressive. If like me, you're not very good at, um, you're not very good at uh, typing or you have difficulty when it comes to remembering certain things that have been said or if you um, have hearing issues this is a really 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 good tool to use so office 365 has a transcription feature built in free to use you can use it now so if you have uh, if you have I think oh hang on um, yeah oh, we've got lesson copy here saying cue me dictating lesson plans like my imaginary secretary yeah it's great it's great. I just it's it's a bit like I use mine as a therapy session. I sit down on my uh, my I sit down on my uh, my lounger in the sit down in my lounger and uh, and just kind of and just talk into it. You know, I think uh, yeah, you know, you know what Office three six five. I think I think I'm becoming far too angry at uh, everything. And Office three six five, of course, it doesn't speak back because it's a dictation program. Why would it speak back? What's the matter with you? But what it does do can take that down and record my thoughts here's the thing i have a secondary i had used to have a secondary uh, job as a educational journalist and it was taking me about an hour to do a first rough draft of writing uh 700 words took me about an hour uh, by the end of using dictation software um uh, much like office 365 i was getting down that kind of rough writing to about seven minutes now think about that for some of your students, perhaps, who might be struggling with the physical act of writing. Have you got a student whose handwriting is extremely poor, but their verbal skills are incredible? Maybe introduce them to some of this stuff, because uh, not only can it save us time and staff time, it can also save students time as well. So that was that's the first tip, tech tip, Tom's tech tips. Um, hang on, what was it again? Oh, yeah, fanfare. Here we go. What is with that? What's with that trumpet? What is going on? Just, what, what? I don't know what has happened to the person playing that trumpet, but they have obviously been drinking heavily for a number of hours before making that recording. Anyway, um, so let's have another top tip. Now, this is um, not necessarily a positive uh, for many teachers, educators out there, because uh, what it means is doing that thing that people are afraid of, of um, taking the responsibility for learning away from students and placing it onto apps and programs and so on and so forth. So this is another one, Google Lens, which is Google's kind of camera app available on Android phones. Um, uh, it has a really, really useful feature where you take a picture 
uh, and then you choose homework. There's a homework option. So you can take a picture of a sheet on of homework and then Google Lens will find either that exact question and the answer to that question, or it will find information that will allow the user to answer that particular question. Now, um, as the teacher in me is thinking, oh no, 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 no. It's just basically an app for cheating. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, actually that's, it's, that's not great. That's not great. But the parent in me, <laughs> the parent in me who has to do homework with my lad in year seven is praising the technology gods because we were do we were doing maths the other day and no offense to all you maths teachers out there you absolute lunatics i love you all but it's not my best subject um and so i had to sneakily take the sheet out whilst the lad was doing his homework on the kitchen table take a picture with his google lens app and i answered the question i looked i looked amazing i looked amazing i was like oh dad how did you know that i was like son sometimes you're just incredibly intelligent and the audience said yeah no because that's nonsense isn't it absolute nonsense but yeah so those are my two top tech tips for uh, apps when it comes to that kind of thing so what you need to be thinking about is this technology as the laughing continues in the background i think i must have pressed the button a couple too many times technology is equally a blessing and a curse it's not the technology in of itself that is the issue it is how it is used so we've got office 365 has a transcription feature built in for free um google lens has a basically solve my homework feature uh in there for free technology that's available now students your students um, will be using it now so just be aware have a think about what's out there and have a think about how you could address some of the issues that some of this technology uh, technological um, jiggery pokery which is a technical term uh, can affect what's going to happen in your classes so um, yeah so that's my first little bit um, uh, so we've gone from uh, that's my first, I think that's my first bit. Oh, okay, we've got a live speaker. Um, let's just have a, a little bit of a, see if I can get this uh, going. And if I can't, when it comes to live speaking, um, I'm sure I'll try and pick it up a little bit later on. So anyway, um, my job involves trying to find not technological solutions, but technological help. There aren't any real solutions um, that an app can give somebody but what uh, what technology can do is that they can it can help people um, on a day-to-day -day basis uh, the, the vast majority of students that i work with are disabled i have a range of disabilities ranging from um, cognitive issues to memory issues to uh, mobility issues and everything in between and uh, as a teacher, when I was uh, teaching technology, especially phone use, is bane of my life. To be honest, um, it can also still be the bane of teachers' lives. Um, I'm on that whole kind of uh, don't let your kids use phones in school spectrum. I don't understand any kind of benefit that that would give students unless, and this is my caveat because of the area that I work in, unless a student uses it for assistive technology. Now, for those of you out there, assistive technology is an offshoot of educational technology it's a little bit more well important in my 
uh, opinion. Assistive technology are things that allow students to access their learning in the case of the place that I work and of course the rest of their lives um, and any other situation. I'm going to talk about some of the things that technology can do for students in those situations in a little bit. But before I talk about um, before I talk about those types of technologies, I just want to talk a little bit about the philosophy behind some of these technologies. With the pandemic and with the rapid move in schools to remote learning, there was an uh, there was a shift from a way of working, a model of a way of working, to a different model of way of working that has been um, asked for and requested by disabled students for the longest amount of time, the absolute longest amount of time. Remote learning uh, can decrease lots of different issues that students with disability have. It can decrease um, uh, things, even things such as anxiety when it comes to conversation. Um, but disabled students have been asking for that type of remote learning for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And years like since since way way back in the day and it's often the case that they were told no it's often the case that they were told it's not viable you know you can't do that and that's when um uh, a shift a shift so unpleasant really when it comes to the pandemic has has the effect of making people see well okay oh oh gosh this is affecting everybody now it's affecting everybody, so it must. We're going to have to do something. We're going to, it's not just affecting the disabled people anymore. So we're going to have to put stuff in place. So when we talk about assistive technology, and when we talk about remote learning, and when we talk about technology in general, I think sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, mind you, but sometimes we kind of get blinded by the shiny things. We get blinded by the technology itself, and we don't think very much about the philosophy behind. The technology use. I mean, I could spend all day messing around with this here audio effects board, and chances are that is what's going to happen. I'm not being funny. I'm going to have a go at all of these before this finishes. I mean, we've got one that says horror. We've got one that says magic spell. Okay, hang on. We're just going to do the magic spell. Just going to break off for a second. What's this sound like? Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's that's my favourite so far. Um, if you've got any requests for audio effects, please put them in the chat. Uh, we've got a uh, booing. We've got one that says O. Now I'm not too sure if that is an O of surprise or an O of disdain or an O of intense pleasure. Who knows? Let me know if you want to hear it. Stick it in the chat. Call in. Say, oh, I want to hear what that O means. I want to hear what it's like. Um, but anyway, getting back to the serious stuff. The philosophy behind the use of technology is equally as important as the technology itself. If the philosophy is not sound, then the the te any technology is working at a disadvantage. Let me give you a really let me give you quite an, a complicated example of this when I talk about philosophy in education and the philosophy of assistive technology. Recently, Microsoft uh, has moved to a philosophy that means that their assistive technology features of which they are plenty and extremely good at the moment um <clears throat> immersive reader ladies and gents immersive reader is something that you might want to have a look at if you have students who are on the dyslexic spectrum uh, immersive reader 
takes a document, a Word document, and then you can change it. You can change the font size. You can change background color. You can change um, the spacing. You can highlight what type, what type of words are in there, and you can also get it read to you by the computer and not just a kind of computer voice like that. Natural voices, ladies and gentlemen, uh, computer voices that don't actually sound all that much like computers. It's the future, guys. It's the future. You wouldn't know if it was a person. I mean, uh, I could be a natural voice speaking voice at the moment. I could actually not be here. This could all be recorded on a computer. It's not, by the way, because I haven't got that kind of setup at home, ironically. But um, uh, yeah, immersive reader, really, really good. Um, dictation features, excellent. Uh, key keyboard shortcuts in Windows, really, really useful. Um, the use of color changing when it comes to things like that. Now, traditionally, these were kept in separate places when it comes to programs uh, for people to uh, like a bank of places. But um, the philosophy, and whether you agree with this philosophy or not is the point. Um, Microsoft took on, on board that these tools should be integrated, heavily integrated into their systems. And I think that's a great thing in regards to uh, the unfortunate stigma that still exists of the use of some of these things. Um, it's, it's not a perfect world. Um, uh, in schools, it's a highly conservative, highly critical environment sometimes. And sometimes even students with disabilities are um, uh, bullied. It's pointed out that they are different. And with the technological aspects of programs, um, having to use separate things to do things like screen reading or to do things like magnification and so on and so forth, that could lead to stigma, which could lead to other um, unpleasant things going on. I think uh, Microsoft have done very well to look at this particular issue and to try and integrate many of these different features within its system. Office 365 is a really good example. I talk a lot about that today um, because um, it's something that I use at my work. So it's something that I'm quite familiar with. Um, so these these features are now integrated into the systems. They're one button away. Uh, you can magnify with one button. You can uh, dictate with one button. You can transcribe with one button. Um, you can press one button to get some get the program to try and translate any acronyms that it comes across. That's a useful feature, and so on and so forth. But. The unintended consequence of that type of integration in regards to assistive technology that might help students with disabilities and students in general um, is that it's become so integrated, people don't know where it is, so they don't use it. And so when you think about philosophy, what you have to think about is not just, oh, this is a good tool or this is a bad tool. It's what does this tool do? How can you find this tool? Where does this tool take place? I'm not criticizing. I think kind of the integration of these kind of tools into the programs that are being used by many, many different people is a great thing. It's a really, really good thing. But however, you've also got to give people a chance to know that they exist. I mean, to be fair, uh, if that starts happening, it probably means that I'm out of a job, but uh, that's probably a sacrifice I'm willing to make. But anyway, so when I'm talking about technology, it's possibly not just the technology itself that I'm talking about, although I do tend to do that a bit as well. I kind of get quite excited talking about the shiny stuff uh, for, for, you know, for my own. As cynical as I am about some of this thing, some of it is very, very cool. 
But we also have to, when we talk about uh, technology in education, especially, we have to think about the philosophy behind the usage uh, and why do we need to use certain things? How can we make sure that certain things are highlighted and known about? Um, if a student's having an issue, then um, how do we, what do we do to find a tool that may help them? Are we in a position where we have the kind of knowledge about this particular issue to try and find something for that student? Um, uh, there are people out there that will purposefully not try to find something for that student due to a number of issues. Maybe it's confidence in technology. Maybe it's um, maybe they think that they have better ways, and that's perfectly fine as well. But technology is only as smart or as uh, uh, smart or not as the philosophy that surrounds that particular technology, which is why I am always hesitant to kind of label things good or bad. Google Docs, so uh, sorry, Google Lens, Homework Completer, might well turn out to be a bit of a nightmare for teachers or it might not be it could help students who are falling behind or don't have the support at home um, from parents guardians etc to complete certain tasks it could help in that respect so i don't you know i mean i, I can get a bit judgy uh, about technology i get very judgy about the industry around technology because people forget that even though edtech is working in education it's still an industry guys people are still there to make money from the thing that they've produced so it always surprises me when um people take a, a company's word on certain things and so on and so forth you know you have to be as cynical as you would be in anything else or any other sales people trying to sell you something but um when it comes to the technology itself i don't think it's inherently good or bad it's the way that it's used the way that it's presented and um the use that it could be for people whether they be students whether they be staff um how useful is it for them does it work for them and if it works then yeah no i'm all for it all for it but at this point what i'm going to do is i am going to press another button here and we're going to have a little listen to the news for a while all right listen guys um i'm going to read some of these comments out a little bit later on after the news because i'm just going to scroll up um uh, people seem to be liking the show so far. You wonderful, wonderful people. You're definitely my favourites. People have commented on that. Um, but we'll go from there after a little listen to the news. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. government restrictions to reduce the spread of the new COVID variant, University and College Union is advising that it would be sensible to move university lessons online. The temporary measure would see online lessons return for the final week of term. The union is calling for the move to protect students ahead of Christmas, after the Department for Education told universities to remain open for face-to-face -face teaching as planned. Some individual universities, including Imperial College London, have already made the move following rapid rises in cases on campus. The union is also calling for risk assessments to be conducted before students and staff return after the festive period. Schools must not lose sight of their core purpose amidst new demands for vaccinating pupils, testing children for COVID and dealing with anti-vax protesters, says Ofsted's Regional Director for London. 
According to a report in the Evening Standard, Mike Sheraton said that schools exist to educate children and to keep them safe, but acknowledged that school leaders are being pulled from pillar to post with new expectations. His comments come after the watchdog announced that Ofsted inspectors would not visit schools in the last week of term unless there were safeguarding concerns. In Scotland, the Daily Record reports Nicola Sturgeon's comments that she will bust a gut to keep schools open after also suggesting that there will be a tsunami of infections due to the latest variant. Whilst the First Minister acknowledged that there would be disruptions to schools due to infections, she indicated that there would be no return to the countrywide closures seen at the start of the pandemic. This week, leaders from Eastern and Southern Africa recommitted to the education, health and well-being of adolescents and young people. As part of the International Conference on AIDS and Sexually Transmitted Infections, Ministers of Health and Education from 20 countries across the region agreed to renew their commitments first made in 2013. The drive will continue to focus on creating and implementing a more systematic scale-up of sex education, including a focus on reducing early and unintended pregnancy, gender-based violence and health and well-being. Deputy Minister of Basic Education in South Africa stated, Our young people are our hope for the development of our continent. And Zanzibar Minister for Education said it was important to create a land where our adolescents and young people are healthier, more productive and contribute to a more inclusive society. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. Well, there we have it. There's a lot going on at the moment. There is a lot going on at the moment, and it's sometimes difficult to keep up with events, as it is sometimes difficult to keep up with the technologies that are being used by folk. Um, a couple of comments from the chat. Uh, thank you very much for laughing at a therapy session there, Rog, uh, Mr. Rogers. That's lovely. Uh, yeah, you know, what, what, what am I, I going to do? Who, am I also, who else am I going to talk to? You know? If I can't talk, you know, I'm not going to talk to my family. Oh, my God, they just laugh. So I, talk, I dictate into Office 365. It's a wonderful, wonderful state of affairs, and they never speak back or mock me for my hair. Um, yes, yeah, so thanks for that. Uh, thanks for the likes of the show so far. Um, just to reiterate, guys, dictation as a dictation as a tool, it is a really, really good tool. And it's only been very recently that I would have recommended dictation fully to students, especially students um, in HE, which is my, which is my um, area, because up until this point, uh, the, the technology hasn't been a viable alternative unless you shell out for some of the really uh, bespoke packages that are offered. And uh, so unless you've got a lot of money to spend, uh, then it hasn't really been a viable alternative. Um, now, uh, in good uh, situations. When I say good situations, I mean lack of surrounding noise. Um, we've got a, a comment from, what's it like with accents? Now, that's a big one uh, when it comes to HE, because uh, especially, my, well, my institution, massively um, multinational, lots of different uh, lecturers, academics with lots of different accents. It's okay. If I was going to recommend something that dealt the best with accents or dealt, the, or, or dealt the best with kind of like an academic setting, I would probably think of something like Otter AI, 
which is the technology that is used to transcribe Zoom uh, calls at the moment. Uh, you can otter AI, otter as in the small, um, the small uh, land and water mammal, uh, you know, otter. I keep, I have this conversation almost on a daily basis when I'm at work because um, the student, I say otter AI and the students look at me and like otter. And then I'm like, yeah. So sometimes I have to explain what an otter is because the students um, uh, maybe uh, international students, they might not have come across that particular mammal before. So the amount of times I've had to kind of like mime otter, is just it's ridiculous considering that I'm a, like I'm an adult, you know. So how do you mime otter? You know, you, uh, you know, you kind of like go on your back and kind of flap around a bit. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, um, if I was going to recommend something that was pretty good at accents, otter AI would probably be the one that I would recommend. It's a very good question. There are, as I said, this stuff isn't a hundred percent at the moment. Accent sometimes is problematic. Surrounding sound is problematic sound source if you don't get a good enough uh um recording that can also be problematic but a lot of these programs can allow you to edit after the fact as well so if you are dealing with a lot of technical vocabulary if you're dealing with a lot of uh, very specific language you can go in and change it if needs be um but for me and i don't want to kind of you know i don't want to put all my money on one horse because number one I don't have any money. And number two, I don't really understand betting. But if I was a betting person, I would say that voice control. Oh, uh, oh Rossi, I thought it's beavers that go on their backs, not otters. Hang on. Oh, man. No wonder the students were confused. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so maybe I've maybe they've gone away thinking that it's beaver AI. Ah, oh, who knows? Ah, oh, that's that's rubbish. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to contact a lot of students next week. They're gonna be awfully confused. Thank you for that. I think it's Rachel, that isn't it? Thank you. Cheers. Um, so yeah, um, what was I talking about before we moved on to beavers? Oh yeah. So uh, Rogers. Yeah, so what? When it comes to accents, when it comes to sound source, it's not a hundred percent yet. It's not perfect yet. But if I was going to take a bet on one. Uh, assistive technology, educational technology, and so on and so forth, that is going to perhaps become the norm rather than keyboard input, I would put my bet on dictation software. We see it all the time. We have it on our phones. We have it. We've got Alexa sitting on behind our behind us, looking over our shoulder, having to listen to whatever everything we do. I've got um, I've got Google Minis. In my that sounds like a disease, doesn't it? Um, I've got Google Minis in my house, and um, you know the voice control is here already. I can only see it getting more and more accurate. Uh, dictation, um, speech to text, these are things that will mean that many more people will be able to access the technologies that are already out there. It has a lot uh, of scope when it comes to literacy. A lot of scope when it comes to literacy. Um, for instance, many of my students with dyslexia use dictation software because it takes away certain issues in regards to spelling. You can say a word, you don't necessarily have to know how to spell it, and therefore um, it means it's one less uh, one less thing to worry about. Uh, however, there's also going to be a change in the way that we input into um, 
uh, into our computers, our phones, so on and so forth, because the the technology will become so accurate that there won't be a need uh, for kind of uh, physical input unless um, you have to have a physical input device. Um, once again, that might well be an AT thing. But that's that's my bet. If you if you can buy any stocks in any company that is looking at speech recognition or dictation, I that, go go. Hang on, let's see if I've got a uh, let's see if I've got a, a sound for this one. Uh, buy buy buy. Uh, now that's a crow. That's not going to work. Um, what's it, let's have a listen to the O. What does the O sound like now? Yeah, that's not what I was really going for, to be honest. A, yeah, buy, buy, buy stocks on uh, te- uh, speech to text because you, you'll you'll get rich. Yeah, thank you guys. No, no, I know I'm doing really well at the moment. No, oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, all right, all right. Enough now. Blimey, you know, don't don't spoil it. Uh, yeah. So um, when it comes to practical technology in the uh, let's talk about the classroom i'm not a classroom teacher anymore uh, but um let's talk about the classroom practical technology in the classroom when it comes to phone use um i am de- i'm deeply deeply sat on the fence i have splinters all over my my personage because i know how disruptive phones can be some of the worst cases of uh, bullying that i've ever witnessed and uh, the worst cases that I've ever seen in schools and other educational establishments have been augmented by the use of mobile phones and social media. I don't care what anybody else says. It's the truth. Uh, I mean, if you, if, if you haven't seen that, my God, you, you, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. Because what mobile phones can do and what social media can do is it can extend the reach of the fist. Yeah, It can extend the reach of the fist into homes, into into the minds of those being targeted and that is just yeah it's ridiculous we have um uh, orchestrated attacks being filmed uh and being placed on social media purely for likes we have um cases of anonymous bullying in chat rooms that turns out to be a student's supposed friend these things are these things are augmented by social media but once again, like I said, I've got splinters right up me when it comes to the use of phones. When it comes to assistive technology and when it comes to enabling students with disabilities, difficulties, issues to circumnavigate not just their education, but uh, their lives, uh, the use of mobile phones is, is an absolute godsend. Um, I deal uh, with... Uh, around about 12% of our university students are uh, disabled, who have declared as disabled. And I deal with a lot of students who have visual impairment and blindness. And 20 years ago, the way that students with visual impairments and blindness would have access technology, such as a PC and stuff, would be through a text-to-speech program such as JAWS. I don't know if anybody, I don't know how many people out there have heard of that, um, but that was the big one. That was a big one. Jaws was a big one. Industry leader, very powerful product. Um, and uh, the chances were, if you were visually impaired or blind, you'd probably use Jaws to access uh, either online resources or a PC. 
I've worked with around about 20 students with visual impairment uh, the past uh, year, a year and a half. Um, and only three of those students have used the same program when it comes to um, screen reading. Uh, we have a student who uses uh, primarily his Apple iPhone to uh, access his learning and his learning materials. We have a student who still uses JAWS. We have another student or another two students who use NVDA, which is a free screen reader available to download. Absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We have a student who uses a Chrome browser add-on for reading. We have dyslexic students who use a whole different range of reading material, reading apps, and so on and so forth. It's such a large market. So when it comes to mobile phone use in schools, yeah, inherent problems with their use. However, in certain circumstances, basically you've got a, a portable assistive technology machine. And in those cases, um, that machine is central to a student reaching their potential. So, um, yes, phones can do one. Phones can do ones in schools unless you're using them for assistive technology. That's 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 my. That, I think that's the controversy today. That's hang, hang on. That's a very controversial statement, isn't it? Uh -oh. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, so, what? Yeah, yeah. So. As I said in the spiel, um, technology is great or it's not great, um, but uh, I'm, I think I'm, I, I probably, I'd probably, somebody would probably call me a technologist, I guess, um, but I like to think of myself as a pragmatic technologist, uh, apart from when it comes to soundboards, uh, because um, you get to do stuff like this. Hang on. I mean, why? Why is that even on there? I mean, there's only one time that's going to be used, and it's Halloween, isn't it? Why? Why is that on the main one of the main features? What is go, what is going on? I'm going to have to use the horror one a bit later on. Anyway, so um, what have we talked about so far? We've talked about some useful programs uh, that will be uh, useful for students uh, in school. So we've got the Dictate feature, Office three six five. We've got um, immersive reader. Uh, in were in Office 365, um, there are lots and lots of specific uh, assistive technologies. But more and more, what I'm finding as I work in the assistive technology field is that the net of the types of technologies is getting larger and larger and larger. And that means it's quite difficult to try and keep up. So along with uh, trying to it's not going to be the case that teachers are going to be able to spend an inordinate amount of time researching these things. If you have a student that perhaps is on the dyslexic spectrum but hasn't been diagnosed, you know you can see you, you can recognize certain traits, but they're not going to get any kind of official help anytime soon. You know, yeah, you could spend an evening trying to find the particular tools that might be able to help that student. So, for instance, read and write. Uh, text help read and write is a really good readability tool. I've already mentioned immersive reader. I've already mentioned a number of uh, different tools, but teachers don't have the time to do that kind of research. It's it's too much. The field is too large. I think um, I think I've mentioned it before many times. But you know, apps, uh, assistive technology apps that are uh, 
that are marketed as assistive technology apps are in their tens of thousands on Google Play and the iStore. But technology apps that aren't marketed as assistive technology that are useful and do help students with different disabilities are in are in their hundreds of thousands. And uh, a teacher who has a hundred other different stresses and commitments and responsibilities on a day-to-day -day basis isn't going to be able to look at that kind of thing in any kind of detail. So if there are any kind of teachers who are listening uh, at this and saying, how do I how do I go about finding out about assistive technology? Um, what I would do is I would ask your senior management, senior leadership team, is there scope for a role for, or is there scope for time to finding out some of this stuff? And you, they'd be, they'll look at you and they'll be like, mm, like that, because in my mind, all SLT members are kind of like these big kind of bawdy, uh, bald fellows and so but what you say to them is that you say to them well this might help achievement and much of it is free and they'll be like mm, oh, oh. so that's my that's my advice if you uh, want to know more about assistive technology or if you want to know about kind of educational technology in general it's sometimes really difficult to find the time to find out about it. So see if you can make some form of arrangement where you do get the time to find out about it. And also, if at a stretch, if you can't, yeah, I'm always on. I'm on. I'm on Twitter more than is than is really healthy. If I'm going to be honest, it's it's a problem. You know, I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm not going to deny that I have my own social media addiction. But I am on Twitter, and if you do want to be pointed in the right direction, uh, give me a shout. You know, it's um, uh, uh, what's my uh, it's T Starkey one two one two on Twitter. Uh, so if you think to yourself, oh, is there an app that does this? Is there a, something that makes something easier to read? Is there something that allow uh, a student of mine to be able to hear something rather than read it? Is there something that will make the controls of this PC slightly easier for a student with certain mobility issues, even if they're not permanent? Maybe a student of yours has broken their arm and they need to use a one-handed keyboard or they need to use a virtual one-handed keyboard. Maybe a student has um, uh, visual issues that haven't been diagnosed uh, and needs uh, to use a magnifier on a screen for certain documentation. All these things are available and they're already there. They're out there. And a lot of the times it don't cost any money whatsoever. Nothing. You don't have to put your money, don't have to put your, your, your bosses don't have to put your hands in the pockets. That's the thing, isn't it? The bosses don't have to put their hands in the pockets. You can, you Give, give the teachers half a day to do some research, come up with a bank of assistive technology that's free and available to download, and you will be beloved by all. Beloved. In fact, people will do, people will be like, um, they'll be all like this, look. <laughs> I think I'm overusing the clap. I think I'm overusing the clap. It's, it's, it's um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, Let's do a little bit of a summary so far. So we've talked about specific technologies. We've talked about thinking about the philosophy about behind technology use. And I thought about trying to get yourself some time within your institutions on how you can find that technology. So those are, those are that's, pff, tell you what, that's not bad, that is it? Blimey. How long have I been on? 47 minutes. Boom. Boom shakalaka. I think, uh, I think, uh, 
I think I'm quite uh, I'm quite impressed with myself there. I think I'm going to give myself a tick. How is that a tick? How, it says correct, and there's a tick on the button, and I'm just like, that's not that that's not a correct noise. That's not when like you know that's not like when Jaden gets a, a summary right and he uses a synonym correctly and stuff. That you don't you don't you don't let him listen to that. Yeah, yeah, Jaden, you've done really well. There you go. No, Jaden will cry. He'd be crying after listening to that. Anyway, I'm going. <laughs> I've got to stop mucking about with this board because it's, I'm getting slightly distracted. So what I will do is I'm just going to put the news on again. For those of us that weren't here for the first time, we've got lots of things, uh, lots of interesting events happening at this point. So have a listen. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Following the latest government restrictions to reduce the spread of the new COVID variant, University and College Union is advising that it would be sensible to move university lessons online. The temporary measure would see online lessons return for the final week of term. The union is calling for the move to protect students ahead of Christmas after the Department for Education told universities to remain open for face-to-face -face teaching as planned. Some individual universities, including Imperial College London, have already made the move following rapid rises in cases on campus. The union is also calling for risk assessments to be conducted before students and staff return after the festive period. Schools must not lose sight of their core purpose amidst new demands for vaccinating pupils, testing children for COVID and dealing with anti-vax protesters, says Ofsted's Regional Director for London. According to a report in the Evening Standard, Mike Sheraton said that schools exist to educate children and to keep them safe, but acknowledged that school leaders are being pulled from pillar to post with new expectations. His comments come after the watchdog announced that Ofsted inspectors would not visit schools in the last week of term, unless there were safeguarding concerns. In Scotland, the Daily Record reports Nicola Sturgeon's comments that she will bust a gut to keep schools open after also suggesting that there will be a tsunami of infections due to the latest variant. Whilst the First Minister acknowledged that there would be disruptions to schools due to infections, she indicated that there would be no return to the countrywide closures seen at the start of the pandemic. This week, leaders from Eastern and Southern Africa recommitted to the education, health and well-being of adolescents and young people. As part of the International Conference on AIDS and Sexually Transmitted Infections, Ministers of Health and Education from 20 countries across the region agreed to renew their commitments first made in 2013. The drive will continue to focus on creating and implementing a more systematic scale-up of sex education, including a focus on reducing early and unintended pregnancy, gender-based violence and health and well-being. Deputy Minister of Basic Education in South Africa stated, Our young people are our hope for the development of our continent. And Zanzibar Minister for Education said it was important to create a land where our adolescents and young people are healthier, more productive and contribute to a more inclusive society. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox.
So I want to talk a little bit about well-being. Let's 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 do a let's do a really awkward segue. <laughs> so um, it's Sunday night. Yeah, it's uh, I'm not sure for how many of you it's going to be the last week of term. Um, and my goodness me, what a term it is! That that run up to Christmas, what a lot of fun! What a lot of fun! Uh, assistive technology wise, uh, please let me know if you've been using any assistive technology, um, such as uh, Christmas DVDs. <laughs> there's always that kind of controversy is oh should you show films should you not show films and i'm always thinking like what should you show the films on should it be a projector should it be 10 hp uh, yeah um i remember i remember when i was a lad when i was at school uh, in crofton bless bless that place um we used to watch we used to watch movies for like for, for a month for a month before christmas I, I didn't blame the teachers either they were knackered um, but um, yeah, but Sunday night is the big kind of uh, it's the big anxiety-inducing time for a lot of teachers, and uh, not to put too fine a point of it, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, what I thought to myself is because now I'm not in the teaching, uh, and believe you me, um, I've never been in another job that has the type of stresses and strains of teaching, not even close and i've and i've worked you know i've worked in some right rough joints i've worked at university bars you know in hull that's that 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 was that you know i had to i was serving like four thousand pints of snaky bee in the evening and then dealing with it after it had been brought up again anyway um it's difficult sunday nights are the kind of those times of kind of uh, sometimes a very dark anxiety so what I was thinking about doing, I was thinking about just trying to bring things down a little bit and make things a little bit calmer, hopefully do a little bit of thinking about some of the ways that you can try to use technology in your teaching life. And I'm talking about teachers now, I'm not necessarily talking about students. Ah, oh, Students get enough attention. You know what? I'm, I'm, I said it. Yeah, I said it. They get enough attention. They get, you know, everybody's looking out for students. Everyone, everybody's like, oh, student, you know, student councils, we've got student groups, we've got uh, charities, all, everybody, everybody looks after students. But when it comes to teachers, sometimes it has to be taken upon ourselves to look after ourselves or yourself in your case. So um, if you had an app that would make your life as a teacher easier, what would it be? That's what I'm interested in. I want to. I want to know. It's all well and good saying, "Oh, you can have this app that does this and this app that does that." What I want to know from teachers is, what would be that killer app to make your daily job easier? Would you even have it? Would you have a piece of technology if you could press a button and then something at your work would happen to make it easier? And I'm not talking. Make, I'm not saying like, you know, make John in year eleven disappear. That, that's just cruel. I know you're thinking it. I know you're thinking it. You're horrible out there. That's not what I'm on about. What What about your job would be made easier if you had the technology to make that change? That's the thing I want to be thinking about at the moment. <laughs> We've got lesson copy with mu SLT. Oh, now come on. Let's not. Let's. You don't. You don't. You don't want to. You don't want to mute. It's, it's delete. Surely not mute. No, I'm kidding. SLT out there. I am joking. I love you all. I really do. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Um, 
Yeah, but you know, it's, we're only letting off a little bit of steam here. Mute SLT is a good one. Would it be about time management? Would it be about... <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, we've got some pushback on the, from the SL. We've got some pushback on the uh, chat, guys. All right. I think this might be my only this might be my, my only show. We've got some pushback, but don't worry. It's okay. I'll just I'll just get I'll scrub that person. It's so easy. Modern technology is a wonderful thing. Um so yeah, would it would it be about would it be about having more time? Would it be about organization? Would it be about uh changing behavior? Would it be about being able to drop a net? on somebody with with the push of a button i don't know i don't know this is why i think about pragmatics because we could have a fantastic piece of software or uh, an, ed, an ed tech company could come up with a fantastic piece of software that does something very specific but if it doesn't do the thing that teachers need then what is the point so have a think to yourselves and that this could this could be a question for this show if anyone gets in or this could be a question for a future show if people are dumb enough to let me do it um why you know what would be your ideal is there an app for something that's making your life a bit harder as a teacher at the moment and if there if there isn't what would it be what would it be i do like the mute slt um I was like, I've never seen a behavior tracker. This is lesson copy. I have never seen a behavior tracker that wasn't too much work. This is the thing. I I I am of I am of the thinking that automation of tasks is the way forward. I really do. I am. Um, I spent an inordinate amount of time last week trying <laughs> a mug tracker app. Rachel, oh no, has some somebody made the cardinal? sin of stealing somebody else's cutlery and or drinking facility that's just not that you don't do that you don't do that in a school you don't you don't drink out of another man's mug in the staff room mate you what you what i don't think any app would solve that to be honest i think the only thing that would solve that would be you know just straight up murder rachel I, there's, there's, there's no other there's no other alternative somebody somebody <laughs> somebody oh it's actually got your name on it ah oh, mate you know it wise um technology wise uh you can pick up really really powerful um uh stun guns on the black market nowadays so you know that might be the way to go for that one um but back to yeah behavior trackers and things that have been introduced uh technology that's introduced that's too more too that takes too much time and is too difficult to actually use is in itself a absolute um it's it defeats the point um i quite like behavior trackers uh purely because as a parent i want to i want to have an idea of what my kid is getting up to at school schools are really good but they're their own thing and it's very difficult to get an insight into what uh what a child of mine is doing at any point in time i'm not saying like i don't, I don't want complete surveillance god could you imagine if you had complete surveillance of the kid all day how boring would that be this is why I never understood. It's like, oh, what, what, what did this kid do? Oh, he was, oh, oh, he's, he's, oh no, he hasn't got his pen. Oh dear. Oh no, he's, oh no, he's, he's just walked down the corridor because he's seen that girl he liked. Oh my god. It, can you imagine how boring it is? That's why I never understood all those reality TV shows set in schools. It's like, oh my god, why? Oh my god, why, why? I don't. Damn, I was working in schools. I didn't care about people's lives. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> 
Um, oh, we've got a recommendation here, uh, Class Charts. Uh, Class Charts is fab. Uh, um, other trackers are available. Uh, Clark's chart seems to be a good one. Uh, hopefully, it's ease of use that makes that uh, one of the one of the better recommendations. Um, you know, uh, I've worked for companies that create behavior trackers because um, I like money. But yeah, I think uh, Lesson Copy does have a very good point that if a technology takes too much effort to use, then then it becomes just another thing to learn and just another burden for teachers to bear. You, it's almost like we should be looking for technology that doesn't even make itself, doesn't announce itself, just does its job, you know. And that is, that's very, very, very rare to have that kind of standard of technology, something that works so well that you don't actually really notice it. Um, there, I've, I have come across some, some very, very um, esoteric kind of. No, I'm going to say evil evil administration programs like basically designed by Beelzebub himself hang on hang on wait 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 I've got something for you this Beelzebub himself oh no he's not doing it right just imagine a creepy laugh that's what I was going for there that's what I was going for a creepy laugh um yeah that do that are so unintuitive that they actually add to the burden of administration that's ridiculous it's ridiculous that um, somebody would pay for it. It's ridiculous that somebody would keep it after they've paid for it if that is the outcome. Uh, and that is a big thing when it comes to uh, technology and technology in any institution, even education, that there is um, a sunk cost. Some of these, some of these administration packages are expensive uh, in, in both uh, first buy and upkeep. So just, um, if as teachers, and I, I think we'll, we'll, we might bring this up in the next session, if as teachers you could create an app for something specifically to do with your day-to-day, uh, -day, what would it be? Would it be a net shooter to try and get Cameron into PE? Would it be a uh, time extender that would allow you to just put a couple of extra minutes on every day? Extra minutes, where we got a couple of extra hours, a couple of extra days you know, on a days, oh, would you want something? Oh God, no, you just end up working. You'd end up stretching the time so much and then you just work in it. No, that's, that's a, that's a Kafka, that's a Kafkaesque nightmare. No, forget I said that. Um, would it be something that gave you an alarm if a student was acting uh, as if the, they had a problem? You know, some students are really good at covering up this kind of thing, well, their interior lives, issues at home, so on and so forth. Not every student that, um, you know, not every student that has issues kicks out. Um, unfortunately, a lot of students who have issues are really, really good at masking what's going on. Um, perhaps something, uh, something that would help teachers identify that before it became an issue might be something there. I don't know. Um, and in all honesty, if I could think of something, I would be not on here talking about it. I'd be selling it and marketing it. But um, yeah, have a think. Have a stick a suggestion in the uh, in the live show feed, or even afterwards, uh, uh, and the uh, teacher tap Twitter feed. Sorry, the teacher um, teacher talk radio Twitter feed. Just put put something in. Give me a suggestion. It's all good. It's all good. So um, now my audio. Uh, is there a limit on the audio effects that you can use in a session? Because they're not, ah, they're not working anymore. 
In a twist of irony, the assistive technology advisor of The Late Show could no longer get his technology to work. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, oh, delicious. Um, yeah, that's bound to happen. There's always something that goes wrong. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty glad that I'm pretty certain that I can be out there and you're listening, you know, because in all other respects, um, if something technological was going to happen, it would happen on an ed tech focused show to the guy whose job it is to kind of sort out assistive technology, isn't it? This is why I, this is oh hi Razzy, listening from Iran. That is really impressive. Thank you for thank you for being here. I hope I hope it's not I hope it's not a massive waste of your time. Um so yeah, so pragmatic technology or the pragmatic use of technology in educational settings, in fact more in educational settings than any other setting I think to be honest, is essential. Um but that pragmatism doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily a case of uh being harsh but it's a case of being realistic and ensuring that you have real ex realistic expectations of what technology can do ensuring that you have ways to get out if uh, a technology that has been invested in isn't up to scratch that's so important when i see some of the contracts that are that i've that have been signed by um uh schools for some of the things that they've brought in and the kind of lock-in that they've got i'm like why have you you've you've just you know it's like the it's like somebody's just kind of like read down the contracts like oh, okay so we've got to we've got to do this for four four hundred years oh they oh we have to provide them with our firstborn oh yeah let's do it yeah this is like a really good deal oh you, you know oh yeah oh you can get the icon in blue wonderful um you've got to hello hemibada um so we've got to be pragmatic. We have to be realistic um, because the edtech market is still a market. And, and, and I think that's something that gets forgotten about. It's still a market. It's still, it's still sales. Like anything else involved in uh, education um, that costs, it's still a market. So we have to be very pragmatic about the technology that is used. There's a lot of free technology out there as well. That's why I kind of, I often, uh, I often highlight the fact that a lot of this stuff is free in some ways. Of course, a lot of the time when we have free technology, you're paying for it in another fashion, either through the information that you have to give the company or so on and so forth. But in all honesty, I've seen some really impressive stuff that costs absolutely no money whatsoever and could be used as alternatives to some of the things that are paid for in schools. So you have to be pragmatic. You have to think about what you're doing. You have to think to yourself, okay, what can this be used for? Who is this useful for? Is this going to be uh, a hindrance or a help to both staff and students? And you take it from there. You don't think about the technology. You think about the situation surrounding the technology first. And then I don't think you can go far wrong if you do that. Uh, and it's the same on an individual level. In my day-to-day, -day, the largest part of my job is recommending technologies to individuals after talking to them about some of the issues that they're facing some of the problems that they're having with their studies and it's one of the best jobs in the world because it's highly personalized i have the um, luxury of being able to spend time thinking being able to spend time researching and being able to spend time testing lots of technology and then i can come up with a bespoke package for someone uh, an individual that's going to be different every single time that's not 
an applicable model in lots of educational establishments. So I think it would be the ideal if we had a student who we knew was struggling with a particular issue uh, and that particular issue would be solved by being able to adapt their learning materials. Um, that's uh, an issue that's common quite a number of times and would be common in lots of different schools. Um, but the personalization is the ideal. However, that's not really attainable in a lot of different places. So pragmatism is where that steps in. It kind of steps in, kicks idealism and especially kind of that kind of techno evangelism that happens so much when it comes to uh, ed tech, kicks that into touch. We don't need that. Schools don't need that. Schools need a realistic approach to, to the technology that they are going to purchase, that they're going to endorse. Um, students need that realistic approach as well. It's not good enough to give um, students substandard equipment or substandard programs or programs that aren't useful for them. So um, think about when you're purchasing, think about when you are using, how useful is this? How useful is this in my given environment? Um, is there an alternative out there that may be cheaper or a better fit? And so on and so forth. Uh, be pragmatic, be realistic, be uh, slight, ever so slightly cynical when it comes to technology. As much as I love playing about with the uh, audio effects buttons, I can't get them to work no more. You know, that's what happens. You know, things break. Uh, things don't work, what is going to happen when it comes to your technology in your school or other educational establishment? What is the support for that particular technology like? Is it worth it? So you have to be, you know, and sometimes I get a lot of stick because I, uh, you can hear, I can't hear nothing. I can't hear nothing. I don't know what's going on. Hang on. Hey, I think I figured it out. Wait, 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 wait. What was the joke that I was going to do with the, with the sorry. hang on, everybody, wait, look, look, everybody stop, stop, pay attention. Look, listen, you're at the back, you're at the back. <laughs> you hear that? Ah, brilliant. I've got it working again. You see, ah, this is my job. Yeah, whistle, whistle. That's it. Uh, this is my, ah, it's a good job. Um, yeah, so you have to be pragmatic. You have to be realistic. You have to be slightly cynical, but you also have to keep in mind that although some of this stuff is perhaps a little bit out of left field and some that might be out of experience, it does help people. It does help people. Um, so you have to be a little bit of both. You have to be, you have to think about what can this do? What are the, what are the outcomes of having this particular technology, but also be realistic about what those outcomes may, may be, be realistic about price and be realistic about what it's going to do for your staff and your students as it were. So with that in mind, um, what I suggested a, a little earlier on is, could you perhaps designate somebody in your school, in your institution, as somebody who can do this kind of research, who somebody would be happy to do this research, somebody who could, um, somebody who could uh, take some time, ideally out of their scheduled timetable SLT. All right. I love you guys, but we're not talking about another job. We're talking about, oh, can you, can you give them a couple of lessons off? Come on. Come, you know, you can come on, you know, you can, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about finding the time, finding that time to be able to give somebody the time to do something that may be effective. Um, but once again, technology is 
just one thing that students use. I also, in my sessions, I also spend a lot of time telling my students that if a certain way of working is working for you, then it's not necessarily that you may, it may not be the case that you have to change it. So for instance, here is, here is an anecdote that doesn't really mean uh, anything at all, but was just really something quite nice that I saw. I was on the bus. I, um, um, I usually bike to work, but it's got cold and I'm quite lazy. And so what I, I thought to myself, ah, you know, I'll just hop on the, um, the, the, the big double decker Petri dish. Um, and I was on, I was on the bus and I, and you look around when you're on the bus, you do a little bit of people watching, or if that person looks straight back at you and starts staring, you do a lot of looking at the floor, but you do a lot of people watching. And there was a, a young woman, um, who, uh, was sitting, uh, looking at something and I assumed it would be a phone. Um, but on a uh, second look, it wasn't, it was a set of flashcards, you know, just, just not, you know, not online flashcards, not kind of all singing, all dancing flashcard app on her phone, not, uh, uh, not holographic flashcards projected from, um, a cybernetic eye. It was just, it was just flashcards. It was just, um, a question on one side of a, a card with a line on it and the answer on the back. And from what I could see, it was about, uh, medicine and chemistry because there was a lot about what is in a, I don't know anything about chemistry or medicine. What is in a, what, what is in a nucleus, a, a midi, midi chloride, or is that Star Wars? A mid, mid, you know what I'm talking about, you know, those kind of scientific questions. And um, it was working. You know, she was, she, you could hear her under her breath. You could hear her. It's like, okay, so this is it. And she turned over the card. And the joy that was on her face when she turned over the card and got it right, you know, there's no app that can kind of, you know, an app can only um, augment that form of learning. Learning in itself, I think, is far and away uh, a technological feat. Um, in some cases, it's a it's a mental it's a feat of mental dexterity. But this this you know this young woman was she was she there was joy there every time and she was only using uh little pieces of paper and turning them over um i don't really know where i'm going with that to be honest but i think it's about the learning process and technology and sometimes the focus being on the technology rather than the learning process uh, itself there are 101 different like flashcard makers out there on your mobile phone staring at a screen um, and they might well have worked for her. Who knows? Um, I didn't really, I didn't have a conversation with her about her particular um, ways of working and particular uh, learning style duh, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but the joy in the process was, uh, it was, it was apparent and it was obvious. And sometimes I think that perhaps that when we talk about technology and learning, we tend to focus on the technology and not the act of learning itself. Um, because, uh, you know, with a handwritten set of cards, uh, this young woman was learning something new. And that's the norm, you know. Apps are fantastic, but they're not the norm, I don't think. I think all the technology in the world cannot replace uh, the feeling of satisfaction of learning or the success of learning or the success that learning can bring you. 
Um, so technology-wise, uh, strangely enough, um, I think that sometimes, whether it be uh, all singing, all dancing, phone apps, whether it be something that we've never seen before, or whether it just be handwritten flashcards on the way to town on your bus, you know, the, all these all these things are valid, and perhaps sometimes it's the effect of these things that are more important than what is being used and uh, how many downloads the thing has been used and you know how you know how shiny it is and all the the uh, data analysis and something i would change all the data analysis in the world of a popular app for that young woman's smile when she got the right answer on a flashcard um but anyway that's something else to consider sometimes it's not the uh, technology that is the uh, important thing sometimes it is the process anyway so we're gonna um, we're gonna start thinking uh, a little bit about wrapping up in a little bit because um, first off, uh, uh, I'm thirsty and I don't trust myself with the button to turn the mic off to start actually kind of drinking anything down at this moment in time. So um, uh, so we'll start wrapping up in a little. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it. Uh, I, I'm gonna, you know, let's let's have a let's have a. Oh no, denied. My glass is empty. Didn't realize. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, technology in in and of itself doesn't really mean anything. What it means is how is it implemented? What is it used for? Um, it doesn't have to be the the newest thing. It doesn't have to be uh, the spangliest, uh, fantastic thing. Although sometimes those things do help. I'm not going to lie. Um, text to speech, speech to text technology is a revelation. If you have uh, students who have difficulty when it comes to the physical act of writing, it's an absolute rev revelation. Um, try it, you know, try it because it is accurate to a point where, uh, as I said earlier on in the show, I think it may overtake keyboard input uh, within the next decade. That's the horse. That's the horse. I'm going for, I don't know anything about horse, horse bets. Uh, I'm going for a nose either way. But yeah, 10 years, I reckon speech will be the primary input and it will take over from keyboard command. There you go. That's that. I said that. It's the twelfth of the twelfth twenty-one. Let's see if that. Let's let's see in ten years. Let's have a ten-year retrospective of this first show, and um, and you can see if I'm talking absolute nonsense or not. But I think the point that I'm trying to make is that technology can be useful, but the processes that the technology is used within are more important. So, for instance, if you think actually this student. Is going to benefit from something like a, a dictation app what are you putting in place to help that student use that app in a classroom environment you know it's all well and good saying that there's this technology here that you can use if it's that essential for the student how do you help them to use it how do you how do you remove the stigma of using a certain technology like that because you know believe you me uh, that uh, it still exists you know it still exists um kids are kids kids are human humans can be awful sometimes so if they see somebody using something uh, that's a little bit out of the ordinary um and they are not massively sensitive individuals um a kid might get a lot of stick for using something that you recommend so what else are you gonna try and put in place to ensure that that doesn't happen you know i mean all that kind of thing that's linked to equality and that's linked to equity and it's linked to 
you know, perhaps education in many different ways, especially education about things like uh, being kind to your fellow student. And there are apps that that kind of delve into that kind of socio-emotional side of things. Um, It's a bit murky, that, though. I I, I tend to steer clear around that kind of thing, that and mindfulness and such, because I'm a bit hesitant about the research around it. But maybe we could do a show on that kind of thing. Maybe we could do a show on um, mindfulness apps, um, meditation apps, breathing apps, uh, all these different things um, can possibly help in the right situation. But I'm getting off track again. What I'm saying is, is that if you do think that a type of technology is going to be useful for your student, how are you going to implement it that they're going to use it and it's not going to be a problem? you know um and that's that that's what i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to kind of talk about not just the technology not just the buttons that you press and the sound gets made but the reasons behind the buttons the reasons behind pressing them and so on and so forth so yeah um so this started off as a uh, kind of technology uh technology approval and hints and tips and so on and so forth and we've gone through and i've kind of made a segue into philosophy um and uh into uh a kind of equality i mean that's impressive uh, you know uh, as i say it's sunday so i reckon if i'm not allowed to ramble now who is you know sun sunday uh half nine my goodness me uh, if you are listening live, um, get to bed. What are you like? <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm joking. If you are listening live, thank you very much for listening. It's uh, it has been a very strange experience. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, because um, apart from the live chat, which has been lovely, and the uh, people calling in and such, it's very difficult when it comes to the feedback. Um, much has been the case in regards to remote learning in general, and it's something that comes up again and again and again. How do we, how do we ensure the response, or how do we find, or how do we identify the responses of the people that we are teaching if we cannot immediately be there with them um, and kind of make those immediate adaptions and see facial expressions properly and so on and so forth? It's something that we're going to have to deal with in the future, I think, because. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I don't see remote learning or hybrid learning going away soon. Um, I don't think it's the it's the cure-all for everything. I think it certainly helps in lots of different ways. And I am still a little bit peeved about the way that it was so quickly introduced uh, when it was affecting the majority of people rather than just the minority of uh, disabled users. But, you know, that's a personal bugbear. Um, but it is it's not going away it's going to be how do we adapt our teaching practices to try to kind of circumnavigate some of the issues that are going to come up there's always going to be issues in teaching there's issues in live teaching there's issues when you have to go to school every day um there's issues it's the same when it comes to technology remote learning but you know in school we try and figure out ways uh, of trying to not have those issues so we've got to try and start doing that with the remote stuff as well and i understand that people don't like the kind of technological aspect when it comes to remote learning it is so off-putting sometimes being unsure of what you're doing being unsure of what you are pressing being unsure of whether anybody is listening although to be honest that happened in my life teaching career as well Uh, but it is a very difficult time 
Um, technology, technology isn't the miracle cure all of everything. It can help, but also attitudes towards technology can help as well. As I mentioned before, a little earlier on, this kind of pragmatism when it comes to this kind of thing, not a com not complete disdain, not a uh, too fast uh, kind of disregarding of something that's been introduced. Although to be fair, if something that doesn't, if something's introduced or you're using an app that you kind of like, oh, I don't really get on with this. Um, uh, I tend to tell students to disregard it as soon as possible. There's nothing worse than struggling with something that's not right for you um, uh, for, for lots and lots and lots of time. That's ridiculous. Uh, this is this is one of my favorite quotes in my sessions. Uh, the technology should work around you. You shouldn't work around the technology. There's enough of a, it's enough of a buyer's market out there uh, now that there is something that's probably a better fit. And it's about finding it. It's not about kind of trying to struggle through with what you need to do. Um, so before I, before I went off the, that tangent, yeah, remote learning is difficult. It doesn't have that human aspect. It doesn't have the kind of close quarters uh, responses that you can give, um, the the signals that you can sometimes pick up. I'm, uh, yeah, teaching isn't a superpower. You know, I'm, I'm kind of all those kind of what's what's your superpower? I'm a teacher. Oh, great. I'd want laser eyes and maybe, you know, be able to fly. Um, teaching isn't a super fat power, but it's a profession where you can pick up on certain unspoken, unseen things if you're close to the people who you're working with. Um, so, yeah, that kind of thing has been lost as well. But, you know, if I'm if I'm not going to be too much of a down on technology, you know, there are ways and means um, that these processes might be replicated in remote uh, in remote uh, kind of situations. But we'll see. We'll see. The only the only thing I'm going to say, bet on, bet on speech to text. That's if you don't take anything else away. If you don't take anything else away, uh, bet on speech to text. That is that's that's the big thing. Um, Otter AI, Office three six five dictate, uh, voice typing in Google Docs, um, and a whole range of other a whole range of other things. It's going to change the way that your students are going to input their work. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Fair warning. Um, uh, photo apps that do homework for you. Yeah, watch out for that as well. <laughs> um, that one's for, to be honest, that one's for all the parents out there because if, like me, I, I had no idea. I had no, I, I, half of the stuff that my year seven brings home, I struggle with. Um, I'm not too sure if that's a really good thing to admit on a, on a, on a podcast, but still, um, yeah, so um technology ladies and gentlemen um it's a fantastic thing it can be uh, a very problematic thing uh, and it's about the way that you uh, approach the situations around the technology that is more important than the technology itself in my uh professional cynical pragmatic technologists opinion that they've done me so much of a favor of allowing me to spout for the last hour and a half um and it hasn't it might uh, on this end it hasn't it hasn't sent it hasn't seemed like an hour and a half you know on this end it seems like five minutes your end might seem like days but that's all right because you know um <laughs> that's okay because i'm on my end you're on your end if you if you like the show um i'll, I'll be back on here in a month um possibly sooner we'll see um, we'll talk a little bit about technological uh, education. We'll talk a little bit about 
trying to get the best out of technology. We'll talk, maybe talk a little bit about mindfulness apps, um, uh, mental health apps as well, because that's a big area at the moment, a big area, a little bit of a scary area, if I'm going to be honest, because there's always, uh, there's always the, um, there's always the danger that, uh, people will rely on apps, uh, when in fact what they need is, uh, some form of professional help. But in this day and age, uh, well, we all know how, um, shockingly to the bone cams is at the moment it, can, it may well end up being the only option that some students have but anyway um that will be it for me um i would give you another couple of uh hang on that's uh, any any other sound effects no ah oh, man that's so disappointing um <laughs> saying that though they might be working and i just can't hear them so you know either way either way um hopefully it's been uh useful maybe hopefully they are working i know oh man you know what it's so funny that they're working <laughs> right just before i go all right last one last one um what what's the what's the horror one here we go no you know what i'm not going to do that i'm not i'm not i'm not, <laughs> not i'm not going to do that i'm not going to do that because that might be terrible but anyway um, listen, thank you very much for listening on this Sunday evening uh, to my fairly chaotic ramblings. Uh, I may be back again. Um, I may not be, dependent on how many buttons I've pressed and how many sound effects I've accidentally triggered today. But you know what? That was always going to be the case. Always going to be the case. So thank you for listening. Uh, very much appreciate you coming in. Thank you to all the people on the chat, all the people listening in. Um, and hopefully uh, I'll get a chance to do it again soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.